of insanity or sound mind. This is the final uh, session that we're going to do on this. We want to wrap this up today. And I'd like for somebody to get 2 Timothy 1.7 for me. Uh, and then I need somebody to get for me Romans 8.14. I'm going to be starting a new study uh, next week, uh, moving out of Proverbs 18.10. Uh, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are saved, uh, dealing with the refuge for a troubled world. And I'll be beginning that uh, session next Sunday. So we want to continue this morning uh, with our study of insanity or sound mind. And uh, interesting uh, little cliche that's been uh, coined by educators uh, that uh, they're educators by profession. And that uh, phrase is, coined some years ago, a mind is a terrible thing to waste. A mind is a terrible thing to waste. And uh, years ago, uh, Peter, we're going to deal with this uh, text as we come through, he uh, uses a statement, gird up the loins of your mind. And what he uh, does is he projects a mind uh, that is in danger of being blown uh, by the winds of uh, various kinds of uh, uh, doctrines, various kinds of moves, etc., uh, at the end of the uh, at the end of the age, endangering us, and that we'd not walk in the paths of righteousness. So, uh, the Bible uh, in the text that we're going to read this morning uh, gives us the danger of a mind that's out of control. How many of you ever seen anybody their minds out of control? How many of his minds ever been out of control? <laughs> okay. And so uh, uh, this literally means uh, 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 that uh, uh, the mind is distracted, and this is what Peter warns about. We'll deal with that text as we get a little further in. We've been moving off of 2 Timothy 1.7, a very powerful uh, text that says uh, uh, this in 2 Timothy 1.7. I need somebody to read that. Catherine, would you read that? I need somebody to get for me Romans 8.14, Don Galati. Catherine uh, will get for me. Second uh, Timothy 1.7. This is a very powerful thought. We could have made a number of lessons simply on this verse alone using the uh, words that are there. Go ahead, Catherine. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind or a disciplined mind. Now, that's a very powerful statement. And uh, we've been dealing with that all, all the way through. I want to deal this morning with a spirit-controlled mind with Romans uh, chapter 8, verse 14. is a very interesting text. For as many as are led, L-E-D, by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Now, this word led, uh, you can do your own research. It's, uh, uh, it, it has uh, some very powerful imagery. And, uh, and, and the, uh, uh, the modern uh, uh, translations, several of them give guide. It, it means literally to lead. One of the, uh, G, I believe it's Jesenius, says, lay hold of, and in this way bring to a point of dis- destination. It is, uh, uh, the image there is of an animal. And, uh, uh, and another uh, thought is to move or to impel. Uh, it, it talks about a forces and influences directing the mind. So this is on our is on our theme this morning. And so as many as are led, as many whose mind is under the control of the Holy Spirit, these are the children of God. 
That's a very powerful statement. And in our generation, we have every brand and every stripe of Christianity that you can describe. But I have to say that a large part of uh, professing Christianity today does not fit into that category. So we want to uh, we want to work this through. I want in this section Romans six twelve through fourteen. Uh, it's Dennis, uh, Alan. Would you get for me First Peter one thirteen through fifteen? I want somebody to get for me Romans twelve two, uh, which is Rod. I want First Peter five eight. Uh, who is it in the back? Is it Sean? Okay, First Peter five eight. So uh, there's a there's a, something that's going to begin to move through here and become very apparent. And uh, many of you already know this, and some of you are already suffering the consequences of this. And that is that the decisions that we make in life determine our destiny. Now, this is not only true as we live uh, life out to, uh, uh, to its full uh, uh, consequence. Uh, there are people sitting here right now that you've made wrong decisions, and you're right now living the consequences of those wrong decisions. There are people here who've made right decisions. And you're rejoicing in those right decisions. Because the choices we make, and we make those choices, of course, uh, uh, partially, a uh, large part of uh, through the information and the decision uh, that, we, uh, that we are given into our mind. And your mind is a spiritual muscle. Your mind is a spiritual muscle. Romans 6, 12 through 14. All right. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. Now, this is written to believers. And writing to believers, he puts it very plainly, we have the ability to either let sin reign or not reign. Are you following me? See, the, 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 uh, this idea that uh, Flip Wilson years ago uh, made famous, the devil made me do it. He didn't do any such thing. You cooperated fully and rejoiced in that decision. Isn't this correct? Okay, this is what the Bible says. So therefore, do not let sin reign or rule or have dominion or dominate in your mortal body. Go ahead, Dennis. You don't have to obey sin. You have control of the instruments of your body. This is your entire faculties, and you should not yield these unto sin. But you do have the ability, as a believer, to present yourselves to God because you're alive now from the dead. And your members, that's all your faculties, have the ability to be presented into a course of righteousness for God. Sin is not to have. That's what salvation's all about. Don't give me this uh, beer drinking, cigarette smoking, uh, wine swigging, beer slopping, fornicating, cussing, stealing, lying. Nasty Christianity, because you won't find it in the Bible. Okay, so here we have, uh, remember your mind is a spiritual muscle. Use your mind, he's saying, 
as a muscle, you exercise it, you live thoughtfully, and you call your mind into play in living the Christian life. First Peter 1, 13 through 15. All right, gird up the loins of your mind. Just give us the imagery again. Bible days, men wore robes. Uh, this was their uh, natural dress. Uh, and uh, they, had, they wore a girt or a belt or a sash. And in, uh, in uh, any kind of uh, difficulty, any kind of work they were going to do, any kind of coin, uh, conflict, they would wrap this uh, around and, and, and uh, take the flowing ends of it, wrap it around, and secure it so that it would not trip them and, uh, and they would fall. So gird up the loins of your mind. What he's saying is you, you get your mind under control. Because uh, the winds and the actions of life will cause this to go in many directions, and this will be a distraction at the very least and a great danger in uh, crucial times. Uh, and so you need to gird up your, uh, the loins of your mind. Go ahead. Be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought to you in, at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Someone uh, handed me a slip. I'm not sure uh, who, but they did a little uh, 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 exegesis of this word sober, sober-minded, and it's very interesting, and it'll fit right here. The sober-minded means not dominated by trivial and the mundane. Sober under prayer is what the Scripture says. means calmness of life to consistency, soundness of mind to sobriety, steadiness and fruitfulness to supplication, delivered from all distractions, taint of corruption, intoxicating emotions, and sensationalism. And they give us that very interesting uh, exposition of this little word that we're dealing with, which is sober. Give us now uh, Romans 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be tra uh, transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is the call of the Christian. This is the responsibility. This is the great hope. This is the great expectation. Can you say amen? How many of you need to be brainwashed? Brainwashed is a great word uh, in our generation, isn't it? How many of you are honest? You need to be brainwashed. Yes. Amen. Great confession. You're in the right place. This is what Jesus was talking about when he washed Peter's feet. And so, uh, uh, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I, I use this illustration a few times in the last 25, 28 years, uh, and, uh, and uh, maybe a year or two ago, about potatoes. Now, potato is a very interesting vegetable. If you buy a sack of potatoes, there's no one that's the same. Oh, I know, they sort them out now, and they're, they're kind of alike, but if you get potatoes straight out of the field, there'll be every shape. How many of you have ever dug potatoes? Hey, look at this. We've got farmers here, okay? And uh, you know that. These potatoes uh, are every kind of shape, and they're totally dependent upon the soil in which they were growing. If they start to grow, there's a rock there, no problem. They just grow out, they just conform right to it, and they're shaped totally by their environment. That's exactly what the Bible says. You are not to be a potato. You are to live in life, and you're to have a principle and a life force that drives you uh, that you're not conformed. 
and I've got a hand. I'll, I'll come back to this just in a second. Go ahead and finish the verse. Uh, do not be conformed to, to this world. Be, re, uh, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There's more to it, isn't there? That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Pete? Shaped by Oprah. Dear God. Ah, you know, to get my TV, Pastor, man, there's a lot of good stuff on there. Yes, sir. Days of our lives, is that still on? I don't even know what to Same stuff. I mean, they just change the title, but same garbage. Adultery, incest, fornication, lust, multiple marriage partners, you know. It's the same stuff. It doesn't change. It's all the same. Okay? That's being conformed. That's a perfect imagery, as Pete says, of a couch potato shaped by this world. First Peter 5 8. All right. Your mind, uh, you need to bring it under control. We're talking about the spirit controlled mind. So the image here is a spirit controlled mind. And that spirit-controlled mind is guided. We touched on this word led. Uh, as many as are led. I had an interesting, uh, two commentaries. One is uh, Barnes and the other is uh, Adam Clark, I believe. Here's what Barnes has to say. For as many as are led, as submit to his influences and control, the spirit is represented as influencing, suggesting, and controlling. Uh, Adam Clark says, So the Spirit of God is the uh, great agent uh, here below to enlighten, quicken, strengthen, and give the true disciples of, uh, and guide the true disciples of Christ. Many of your, of your uh, commentaries will translate this word led as guide. So here we have, as many as are led, the Holy Spirit, the great agent here below, uh, to enlighten, quicken, and strengthen, and to guide. That is, as many as submit to his influence and control, influencing, suggesting, and controlling. Now, I want you to get a hold of that word, because this is, this is the uh, issue of the Christian faith. We're talking about a spirit-controlled mind. This is decisions you're going to have to make. As you make those decisions, the Holy Spirit then will uh, come on the scene, and he will shape and form. There's a little, a little added uh, thing there is uh, in the word that, uh, in Acts 27, when Paul's in the storm on the Mediterranean, if you remember, it says they ran under the island of Crete. This is the same word as lead. This gives us the picture of the island. The island dominates the course of the wind and, uh, and uh, has a control on the wind. And William's translation of 8.14 says, as many as are guided. So here we have uh, the picture, and that picture is a mind. And that mind uh, is a mind that God expects us to yield up to Him. Can you say amen? He expects us to yield that to them. And, and, and Romans 8 uh, says that if we do that, the Holy Spirit then begins to shape and begins to form. And we can actually say that our mind is under the control of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is very crucial that you think this through for a moment. Many people, uh, 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 they wrongly conclude. They say, well, you know... Pastor, here I was. I was just uh, walking down the roadway of life, and uh, so to speak, 
and I'm walking by this alley. A hand reaches in, grabs me, jerks me, and mugged me. Uh, the devil just mugged me, made me do this. He did a terrible thing, threw me out, and this is the mess in my life. That's a wrong interpretation. The reason that you're in trouble is because in a circumstance in your life, you did not have a spirit-controlled mind and you made a wrong decision. You cannot have a spirit-controlled mind and spend all day watching porno. You cannot have a spirit-controlled mind and sit in church perving on the girls. I know nobody here ever does that, but I just thought I'd throw that in. Very interesting to watch people. Their mind is in the gutter. If you don't believe it, watch what they do after church. Okay, moving very rapidly on down the trail here. See, the actions that we take are no accident. The actions that we take are based on the decisions that we make, and those decisions are based upon our will, and our will is shaped and formed and is activated by our intelligent action. Is this correct? Our intelligence, by the emotions that we have. We're tripartite being as far as our soul. That's our uh, intellect, our will, and our emotions. Uh, but we make the final decision, and that final decision is based on our will. And the mind plays a great part in that because it's the mind that filters the information and our decisions are made based upon the information that we put in our mind. So, if you have wrong information in your mind, if you do not control your mind, if there are other agencies that are operative, we'll get to that in a little bit, of the devil, then you're going to make different decisions. Isn't this correct? You're going to make different, different decisions. If you're going uh, down a strange roadway, you stop and ask somebody, hey, you know what, uh, how do you get to so-and-so? And they say, you go to the second stoplight, turn to the left, go down the road by the big tree and so on. Uh, you'll, you'll, you'll make a decision based on that. Isn't that correct? Whether it's right or wrong. They may not have the slightest clue. I've stopped and asked people directly. They have the slightest clue. They say, but they don't want to be up here ignorant, you know. And so, oh, it's right over there. You go down that road and, they, and they don't have the slightest idea what they're talking about. But I made a decision based on what they told me. Are you following me? All right, in the spiritual realm, this is very crucial because you make decisions based upon uh, the, whether the mind is controlled by the Holy Spirit. Now, we're going to add to that in a little bit, and uh, that is that uh, many times you can have information uh, that appears to be uh, correct, but if you are, have a mind under the control of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit intervenes and says, nah, ah, 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 ah. don't do that. The, sal the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared, teaching us that denying ungodliness and unworldly lust, we should live soberly and righteously in this present world. All right, the, salvation that, uh, the, uh, the grace of God that brings salvation does what? It has appeared. Doing what? Teaching us uh, that denying ungodliness. One of the first things happens to you after you're a believer in Christ is that the Holy Spirit says, uh, 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 don't do that. How many, of you, how many of you will say that that's true? Don't do that. Don't do that. But, of course, you have the ability to stifle that and to go ahead and do uh, what you want to do. So here's the spirit-controlled mind in the Christian life, and we want to deal with guidance for a moment. 
Acts chapter 16, 6 through 10, right in this section. Somebody help me. No, let's all read that together. Let's all turn to Acts 16, 6 through 10. This is a great lesson. Acts 16, 6 through 10. Let's read this together. Find that, because this is one of the crucial passages of Scripture in the entire Bible. It has to do with guidance, because the spirit-controlled mind is the key to the Christian life, and guidance is a great, great part of the Christian life that will keep you out of trouble. And uh, we're reading a great chapter. Acts 16, verse 6, Now when they had come through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Listen to that. Verse 7, After they had come to Mycenae, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. So passing by Mycenae, they came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Now, this is one of the great passages of Scripture. What are they doing? The Apostle Paul is preaching the gospel. There is no passage of Scripture that says that, that God said to him, I want you to go to this place where we pick it up in verse 6. He is evangelizing because Jesus said in Matthew 28:19, Go into all the world and preach the gospel. And he's obeying that because there are people there. As he's preaching the gospel where there are people, he's using his logical common sense. If God says to you, go into all the world and preach the gospel, and you go into Death Valley and you want to establish a church in Delft Valley, you're a fool. Is that correct? Why? Tell me why, Bill. It's dry and hot. Is that all? There's lots of places that are dry and hot. No people. Isn't that brilliant? The Apostle Paul is here because there are people there. He's not there because an angel visited him and said to him, Paul, I want you to go to this area and preach the gospel. He's there because there are people there and he's obeying the commandment. And whether anyone ever hears another command or ever has any other visitation, that's a responsibility and that's the mandate that comes from God. Is that correct? All right. So he's on his way. But it's an interesting thing. says he's, uh, he's gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia. And they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Are you listening to me? Somehow, the Spirit of God is able to intervene. And then it says, after they'd come to Mycenae, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. Now, uh, the Bible does not explain to us how this happened. It does not say that an angel visited him, does it? does not say that he heard a voice. It says that the Spirit forbade him and directed them, these two places, they're not to go, and anyone who is, uh, is uh, experienced uh, will understand what this is. There's this uh, inexplainable, indefinable movement of the Holy Spirit in a heart that's open to God and is praying and is submitted that will say to you, yeah, that's not what you need to be doing. You may not be able to explain it. Here's the Apostle Paul. He operates in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He can't explain why this is. Why didn't they want him to go into Asia? Anybody have the answer? No, because nobody knows. 
Did I see a hand over there? I want to give a shout at this. <laughs> Are you still with me? Then they uh, assayed to go into Bithynia, and it says the Spirit did not permit them. We have the same action of the Holy Spirit. Okay? So what they've done then, if they've, they've come down to Troas, they don't know what to do. They know that what they've been trying to do, God doesn't want them to do. Then a vision appears to Paul in a night. A Macedonian man appears with his hands outstretched and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. This is in the area of Greece. And immediately, the Bible says, we gathered, assuredly, we had absolute confidence that God had called us to preach the gospel in Macedonia, and they departed from that. So here we have three distinct uh, actions uh, of, uh, of guidance. One is that the Bible, uh, the words of Jesus, go into all the world and preach the gospel, uh, gives direction. See, you don't have to have uh, a word from God to say to you, don't fornicate. Well, Pastor, uh, you know, I, 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 this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to move back to Pawtucket, Rhode Island, and uh, I just I want God to stop me if this is not God. Well, you're being very presumptuous. Why are you being presumptuous? Because you, God hasn't said anything to you about that, and you're wanting to move there for various reasons. You got an, an uncle that's going to give you a job. You're going to make a million dollars and probably nothing flat. Your relatives are all back there, and they need you back there because they're desperate. They got to have you, or, and so we can go on and on, right? I could call off all the reasons, embarrass some of you right here that have tried to use that. So you do not need to have a voice from God to say to you many things that are written in this book. Has to do with occult involvement. Has to do with witchcraft. Has to do with witching wells. Or gas pipes. You don't. You don't. You don't need. Uh, you, okay. You know what I'm going to do. I'm going to. I'm going to take this piece of wire and I'm going to. I'm going to witch for a well here. You don't have to have God say, no, "Don't. Don't do that." Oh, you don't want me to do that here. Where, Lord? He don't want you to do it at all. <laughs> because the Bible says don't to do it. Is this correct? You don't have to have anybody to say to you, homosexuality will send you to hell. Oh, well, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm uh, created this way. No, you weren't. You made a choice. You opened yourself at some point or somebody opened you to homosexual spirit, and that homosexual spirit's dominating in you and driving you, and the Bible condemns it soundly. No one has to say anything else. It's in the Bible. Right? Okay, a little lesson on guidance. Then we have the second thing is we have the active working of the Holy Spirit in a spirit-controlled mind. This is a mind that is filled with the Word of God. This is a mind that is uh, as searching out God uh, and His, uh, his uh, face, as it's uh, described, His presence, His power, and you're open to God and saying to God, God, I, I, want, I want you, and the Holy Spirit says, uh-uh, that's not what you need to be doing. It's very interesting uh, in this. Many times uh, I have uh, uh, been uh, ready to make decisions, uh, put people in certain places, go to certain places, and uh, already have, uh, have uh, uh, felt that perhaps this is what I, I need to be doing. 
and felt uh, all the evidence looked like this is what uh, needed to come out. A worker uh, was willing or, uh, or circumstances were coming together for this and have uh, sat down and talked to people and said to them, uh, 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 this, this is what you're wanting to do. Would you uh, pray about this? They said, yes, this is what we want to do. I said, okay, we're going to do this. And no sooner have said that and they go out of the room until God starts to say to me, that's, n- no, that's not right. Don't do that. And I've learned in the course of time, you better listen to those, uh, those little uh, movings of the Holy Spirit or you pay a big price afterward. All right, that's the second thing. Then the third, we have an active intervention whereby, uh, through a vision, God gives direct vision, direct revelation, and those are all valid uh, in the Word of God. Okay, so uh, Acts 16, 6 through 10. Let's, uh, 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 let's go to 2 Samuel 5, 23 through 25. Somebody help me right in this section right here. 2 Samuel. This is Pete Baker. I want Ecclesiastes 7, 25. This is Brian Simmons. Daniel 9, 2. Uh, Dennis, John 5.39. Who is it? Uh, uh, Valerie and Proverbs 2, 1 through 5 is uh, Samantha. So guidance. We're talking about uh, guidance. 2 Samuel 5, 23 through 25. It's a very interesting scripture. Uh, David's in conflict. Uh, He uh, inquires the Lord. uh, And the Lord says, yes, go up. I'm going to give them into your hand. Uh, There comes a a second circumstance right after that. It's found in the text we're going to read. And he inquires again, and God says, don't do that. I want you to uh, uh, wait, and, uh, and uh, you wait for the, uh, uh, for the sounds of the moving of the mulberry trees. Second Samuel 5, 23 through 25. Don't go up. Just before that, only four verses before that, God said, yes. Yeah. do it. I'm with you. I'm going to give you a victory. Now he inquires again. See, one of, one of the great lessons there, don't assume, because it was God's uh, will in a certain Christian endeavor uh, that you do it in one place, you can do exactly the same thing in the next place. You need God. Go ahead. You go around behind them, come uh, against them uh, around by the mulberry trees. You wait, and when you hear the sound of the goings forth in the sound on the tops of the mulberry trees, then you'll get up and go forward. Okay, so he obeyed God. Same people, uh, uh, four verses later. And he gains a great victory, but God says, that's not how I want you to do it this time. You need to wait on me, and I'm going to uh, go before you. Okay, so we have, uh, we have uh, all of these areas. Uh, uh, so we're talking about a spirit-controlled mind. Guidance is one of the powerful uh, facets. Another powerful facet that we've just touched on is the education of your mind with spiritual knowledge. I said your mind is a spiritual muscle. You're not going to uh, educate that spiritual muscle... Uh, by uh, spending your time in sports. Are you still with me? That doesn't mean that God's going to strike you dead for going to a football game or uh, etc. If you've got enough money to, that is. 
Are you still with me? But there's no spiritual benefits. The Apostle Paul says that bodily exercise uh, profiteth little, or it's good for a short while, but godliness is profitable unto all time. Edification of the man. Our, our generation's caught up in trivia. We remember, we read about sober-minded, means not caught up in the trivial or the mundane. So, Ecclesiastes 7.25, we need to educate ourselves in spiritual knowledge. You're not going to do this reading a novel. And especially not uh, Peretti's stuff. Want me to kill another sacred cow? Oh, wow, boy, they talking about spiritual stuff. Yeah, the problem is not all Bible. That's a problem. Novels are not the Word of God. Ooh, I can feel that. You don't like that, do you? <laughs> That's too bad. The novels are not the Word of God. And if you're not very careful, you read stuff that is not biblical, and the next thing you know, you have ideas planted in you that do not come from the Word of God. You need to educate yourself in spiritual knowledge. Educate yourself. Ecclesiastes 7.25. All right, here's the uh, preacher. And he, this Ecclesiastes, he said, I, I gave myself to search out knowledge and the wisdom. Why, why, why are things the way they are? Why does this happen? Why does that happen? Uh, some years ago when God began to move on me to, uh, to press into healing, uh, as, uh, I began to study every uh, person that I prayed for, every case it was healed, every case it wasn't healed, I began to delve into. Why? And uh, it was astonishing some of the revelation that God began to give me and the ability to uh, minister effectively, get visible and demonstrable miracles uh, hinged on certain factors uh, and those were because I gave my mind to that, and I was eager to know, and God began to help me to understand spiritual things. Uh, many times I uh, am counseling people. I'm dealing with people. I'm, I'm uh, uh, people, you know, people are funny. How many of you know people are funny? They're very strange creatures. Have you still got that sign out in front, uh, Alma? You took that down okay. this morning, okay? Well, that was an interesting little uh, uh, statement out there. But uh, somebody comes and talks to me, and, uh, and I'm thinking to myself, now, why, are, why are they doing that? Why are they saying that? Because you'll, you'll soon learn as a counselor that, uh, that many times people aren't up front. The real problem is not there. They shove this problem up, and uh, you're, you're waltzing around trying to... And that's the problem at all. There's another problem. And that problem uh, they don't want to talk about or even admit, or may not even know. And so as you study, and you begin to be open to God, uh, God will teach you and educate you in spiritual knowledge. Daniel 9, verse 2. And I'm using this in my text preaching this morning also. Here's Daniel. He's captive in Babylon. And is in Babylon, he's reading the Word of God. Now, Babylon's filled with occult religion. Babylon has the uh, uh, 
the uh, what do they call the wise men? The word doesn't come to me at the moment. But it's filled with these. These are people who are totally involved in the spirit realm. They've mixed a hodgepodge of all kinds of religion. But the Bible says Daniel is reading the Word of God. As he reads the Word of God, suddenly he sees that 70 years are to be accomplished in the desolations of Jerusalem. And this 70 years has been fulfilled. It's time now for God to change the scene. He gets that from reading the Word of God. Isn't that astonishing that we read that? He's reading the statement by Jeremiah that said that this is true. John five thirty nine. Going, going, gone. John five thirty nine. Who'd I give that to? Major Specs. Getting older, Valerie. <laughs> Jesus said, "You search the scriptures. You're reading. You're reading that the uh, the Bible. But the problem is that you do not have a spirit-controlled mind. You have an agenda of your own." And he said, "If you would, if you would have had that, you would have known about me because they testify about me. So you can read the Word of God and come up to any conclusion you want to come up with." Is this correct? You'd be astonished. Some of the wing nuts that are running loose out there. And say, the Bible says. Well, I know it says that, but that's not what it means. What it means is something totally different than the interpretation that you're giving to it. And so the spirit control mind is educating itself in spiritual knowledge. Then we have uh, uh, Proverbs 2, uh, verses 1 through 5. You let your word be in me. You, uh, in you, you apply your heart to wisdom. You give your mind to the knowledge of God. You cry out for discernment. Cry out for discernment. God, what does this mean? What is this, Lord? Go ahead. Lift up your voice for understanding. You seek her like you're trying to make money. Search for her as for hidden treasures. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. This is not automatic. Your mind is a spiritual muscle. It must be submitted to the Holy Spirit and it must be under the control of the Holy Spirit. All right, we employ our mind in worship. I want uh, over on my right, Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. Somebody like to get that for me? It's Michael in the back. Uh, Psalms twenty-seven, verse four. Uh, brother, right there. Psalms forty-eight, one and two is uh, Wayman Deacons. If you want to get that for me, we employ our minds in worship. Now, uh, this is a generation uh, that have the con- conviction uh, that uh, what you really do, if you want to get the presence of God, really want to have an experience with God, disengage your mind. Just be open. Just open yourself. Now, that's a cult doctrine. That's not uh, Bible Christianity. The mind 
is a part of our faculty that is employed in worship, and you cannot rightly worship God without employing the mind in the revelation of God. Mike uh, Ramirez. You will love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This means that your worship is going to have a facet that's based on the revelation of God that's in the Word of God. Is this correct? Uh, and Daniel uh, and uh, Psalms 27, verse 4. Is that, is that the word I gave you, son? Psalms 27, verse 4. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire of His temple. Okay, this again is based on the revelation of God and that revelation is based on the Word of God. Psalms 48, verses 1 and 2. All right, here we have it again. And then uh, thirdly is that God can speak to and reveal Himself to a spirit-controlled mind. We have in the Old Testament a fascinating story of Eli, who's the priest of the temple, and Samuel. Samuel is a young boy uh, that his mother's dedicated him. He lives uh, in the temple uh, area with Samuel. And uh, in the uh, dark hours of the night, God visits and God wants to move. God wants to change the scenery. He can't speak to Eli because Eli's backslidden. He still holds the office, but he's not responsive to God. He can't speak to him, but in the hours of the night, uh, Samuel hears this voice saying, Samuel, Samuel. He jumps up and went to Eli and said, I'm here. What do you want me for? He said, I didn't call you. And so uh, he's going back to bed. He went on back to bed, and he hears this voice again. Samuel, Samuel. He jumps up again and said, I'm here. Uh, you called me. He said, yeah, I didn't call you. Go on back to bed. Same thing happens again. And Eli now uh, sees that there's something uh, happening here. And he said, uh, when the next time you hear that voice, you say, speak, Lord, because your servant hears. And here's a little boy that God moves on, gives a prophecy of, Sam, uh, of Eli's doom and of the nation's turmoil. And he can't give it to Eli because God can speak to a mind that is submitted and, and, and under the control of the Holy Spirit. Okay, let's, uh, we got a few minutes. Let's open uh, for some questions or discussion right about here. Uh, Pete? Okay, this is an interesting testimony. The decisions that we make, but uh, he says they felt a check from God that uh, even this is free, this is wonderful. Uh, however, as uh, you get older, you learn there's very few things in life are free. Salvation's free. But most other things have strings attached. Though uh, they may look that way, uh, beware of, uh, what is it, Greek, be, Greeks bearing gifts, isn't that one of it? And, uh, and so you, uh, uh, this is very true. Somebody else, uh, Pete?
And she's saying in her mind, are you stupid? Of course there's a... <laughs> manipulation through gifts is one of the most evil uh, kinds of manipulation, and it happens all the time, and you want to be very careful that you listen for God. Okay, somebody else. Uh, Steve? Well, there's all there's all different facets of it. Uh, I've I've had uh, God directly move me. Absolutely, I didn't have a shadow of a doubt. I knew that God spoke to me, and I've had that. Okay, but in the normal course of life, you have to make these. And you can't just uh, run through life and saying, unless God speaks to me, I'm not going to go out and look for a job today. <laughs> because He said, if you don't work, you don't eat. That's what He said. And so uh, uh, common sense. Uh, you have to move in, in certain areas. Then there are other areas where you're making the best judgment you know how to do. And I've always said, if your heart is right, God will help you. If your heart is wrong, uh, hell will help you. And so there's all those facets that are involved. Uh, and and, and we, when you're uh, making many decisions that have to do with lives, uh, you, uh, you, you, you become very cautious, making sure that you're not manipulating somebody to do what you want them to do. And anybody who's been in this, uh, in this ministry very long uh, goes under that. From the outside, I've had people say, Oh, I know what you do. You play favorites. You do all that. You, you don't know what you're talking about. Because we're dealing with precious lives. And I often will allow somebody uh, to do what they want to do if I don't find any great check uh, simply because they said, I feel that God is wanting me to do this. Then I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. I'll help you because I don't have any direction on it. And I don't feel any check on it. On the other times, I've gone that course and had God check me. Say that that's not, and I've said, look, I don't feel good about this. That's, it's dead. You follow me? So there's all kinds of facets of guidance. And, uh, but the interesting thing, if your heart's right, God will really help you. If your motives are clean, your heart's right, you're living for God, God will really help you in the processes of life. Somebody else. Yes, brother. In in some degree, yes. Uh, but but when you're talking about God, God's not a man, and and so uh, we're, we're in a totally different dimension. And what that's talking about is that you've got your ideas and your agendas that you're going to do. But you need to understand that my agenda and my my purpose is not your purpose. I have a tire, and I and I impose that. That's that's in context of that scripture. Uh, Bear. Oh, good housekeeping. Real. I get some real insight out of ladies' magazines. Okra Winfrey. Okay. <laughs> She was converted by Madonna. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. I, I, I may have. I may have glanced at it. Yeah. I, I, 
I did read that. And so yeah, what you have to understand is, is everybody in the media are getting religion. You have to understand that. Madonna's religion is a, it's a strange scene, I tell you what. But she's getting deeply religious. And so, uh, but it's not the Bible, is it? It's not God. Okay, so uh, let's get a couple more scriptures. We got just a minute or two. Second uh, Corinthians twelve two through four over on this side. Somebody like to get that for us quickly? Help me, uh, Pete Baker. Uh, Colossians three one and two. Uh, Valerie, got your glasses? Okay. Matthew sixteen twenty three is Daniel. If you want to get that for us, and so. Uh, 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 Paul writes uh, uh, something uh, uh, tremendous. He writes that that when we have a spirit-controlled mind, that God uh, uh, can lift us to another dimension. Paul writes of one of these, Second Corinthians twelve two and verse four. Paul writes about being caught up into the third heaven. He is given an experience with God, uh, and uh, and he writes this. Go ahead. Verse 4. Okay, this is the Apostle Paul, another dimension. And then a habit and a lifestyle uh, is uh, begins to move into that dimension. Colossians 3, 1 and 2. And verse 10. All right, this is a spirit control mind changes that. Matthew 16, 23. Okay, here's the occasion of Peter. Uh, Peter's one of the disciples. Uh, there comes an occasion in life. Jesus is beginning to lead into a higher lifestyle, a higher dimension, said, I'm going to be crucified. Uh, and Peter says, not so, Lord. And the Lord turns to him and says, you get behind me, Satan. You don't savor the things of God, but you savor the things of men. So if we fail in a spirit-controlled mind, we become vulnerable to the devil. There's several of these, Satan having put into the heart of Judas, uh, Satan having filled... Uh, the heart of Ananias and Sapphira, these are scriptures. Uh, Paul says the God of this world has blinded their minds. These are those that uh, do not believe. And the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. If we do not have a spirit-controlled mind, then there's another dimension that comes in. That dimension is a dimension uh, that will cause us to fail the will of God. we got time for about one more comment or one more question. Uh, is it Sean? I have no idea what you're talking about because I've not heard of the book, but the, the thing that has been uh, very prominent is the healing of the memories. This has been very prominent for maybe 10 years, and uh, I, don't, I don't have any knowledge whether this is true or not, uh, but the healing of the men memories goes into the occult realm and gets into the, uh, the psychic many times, and so I wouldn't just loosely read anything just to be reading. I I, but I have no knowledge of that one. But the healing of the memories has been a very, very uh, common phrase majored on it in many facets of Christianity 
and much of it is uh, delving into the occult and uh, is not biblical at all.